0: Hello, Ben here, just wanted to fill you in on the latest information we have regarding Junior Ito. Johnny and I discussed his withdrawal from the squad at the beginning of the episode and in previewing the Iran game, as that was the reporting as of our recording on Thursday night, but it's since transpired that Ito will not be leaving the group and has remained in Qatar. We don't know whether or not he will be involved against Iran, but he is apparently available for selection. Uh, the episode would have become a bit clunky if I had uh, edited out our Ito chat, so uh, we left it in, but obviously the situation has changed since we recorded on Thursday. On with the show then, and we hope you enjoy it. The J Talk podcast. Yes, 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 yes. Hello and welcome to the J Talk Podcast. Ben Maxwell and Johnny Nickel with you. And Johnny, Japan are through to the quarterfinals of the Asian Cup, but it's not all smooth sailing in the camp, is it?
1: Yeah, I think m- most of the things we're going to talk about tonight are, are pretty positive. But yeah, obviously just not, not too long before we've come on uh, recording, which obviously the news, but J- Junya Ito has, has left the squad. Um, I have I've not long finished work, so I've, I've read a little bit about it, and it it all seems very kind of legal and de- defence, and we don't want to go, go down that kind of uh, that open that can of worms, I think. But um, what w- what have you heard about the the situation?
0: Uh, well, yeah, I mean, we we often say on this podcast we're not doctors, Johnny, and yeah, we're certainly not lawyers either. So uh, yeah, don't want to uh, we don't want to get ourselves in in hot water, but uh, yeah, there are some allegations made uh, against Junior Ito, and uh, whether that uh, contributed to him uh, not featuring at all in the uh, the Bahrain match that we're going to be chatting about uh, very shortly, um, or, or not? We uh, well only Hajime Moriyasu knows, but uh, yes, uh, it, indeed, Ito didn't feature. And uh, the day after the game, as you say, he has left the squad. His uh, physical and mental condition cited as the reasons for his departure. So uh, Japan a man down. For the remainder of the tournament, we believe, um, but uh, yeah, well, Richard Dowan certainly done well in his stead in uh, the last couple of games, and uh, yeah, definitely uh, earned his place in the starting eleven moving forward. I think so. the The situation is unfortunate, but uh, I think we'll uh, we'll leave it there and um, yes, move on to the well, the meat and potatoes of this episode, Johnny. It's uh, yeah, a a three one victory over Bahrain for Japan. Let's start as we have uh, our previous uh, review pods of the Japan at the Asian Cup by talking about the 11 that Hajime Moriyasu put out. There was uh, just the one change from uh, the the last group stage game against Indonesia, and that saw Ko Itakura return at centre-back in uh, Koki Machida's stead. Uh, So it was uh, good to have uh, Japan back at full strength at the back.
1: Yeah, I think last week when we were kind of predicting the, the lineup for this this game, we were hoping there was going to be like a lot of the players from the last game would be retained, but we actually felt you know, people like Hiroki Ito might might come back in. So I I, I quite like this what what I saw of it. If Ifita Kuro was fit and he, he did in this game, he he looked I think um, obviously that there's a bit of a a, a team um, fart if we might say in the second half which he he was involved in. Played his part in, but I think for the most part he was he was pretty solid. He looked it was his best game in the, the competition, and yeah, I, I liked what he did. He he, he kept faith with the, the two fullbacks, Maekuman and Nakayama, and he, he kept in Hatate and, and Kubo in the centre. And you know when we talked last time, we obviously didn't know about these these allegations that were going to come out against Junior Ito, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know what he's thinking. What Marias was thinking was, but before the, the news broke, but. I think it made it quite easy for him to go with doan like keep doan and nakamura in the right and left wing and have have havito on the bench especially again as we might kind of mention later um a certain mr mitoma was back on on the the bench and then back on the field later on so yeah i i like this this selection I, i think there was um i saw a couple of people commenting that perhaps like as we go into the quarterfinals or semi-finals it might require the return of Morita, and you know Hatate will we'll see later got got a bit of an injury, and I think that makes that that change a, a bit easier. But yeah, I think we, we can say for, for the most part, yeah, Moriya's got got things spot on, uh, and the attitude of the players was very good. Um, once again it was quite a quite an inex- inexperienced team i think there was four, four players in the starting 11 Suzuki, Maikuma, Hatate and and uh, Keto Nakamura that they, they all had uh, less than 10 caps so it required some of the the bigger players to to step up and but for the most part i, I think they did um you know obviously we had the discussion together Ben was it was there any surprises like people who stayed in the lineup you thought you really thought they were going to be taken out or what did you make of
0: things yeah, like you, I was pleased that he uh, he kept faith with uh, yeah most of the team that did the business against Indonesia. There, yeah, a, a couple of the surprises. I'm surprised he retained uh, both of the fullbacks, but again, that was good. I, I'm I was in favour of that, so uh, glad to see that. Um, and yeah, I guess I was um, surprised uh, that Hatate was uh, retained instead of Morita, but uh, that's uh, that might have something to do with. Uh, or the decision at that time, uh, I think, yeah, it's going to be made for him, as you say, moving forward, if Hatate's going to miss a game or two with his uh, calf injury, but um, uh, it was interesting uh, that, uh, yeah, Hatate was preferred for this game, um, maybe with uh, Morita uh, held uh, held back, if you like, for, uh, for for what was to come. There's obviously much less of a turnaround for uh, for Japan in between the, the round of 16 game and the quarter so yeah, I think overall he's managed his squad fairly well and, and got a, a generally positive performance uh, in this game. Um, Japan had the first major chance in the 10th minute, a free header for ISA Wader from uh, Takafusa Kubo corner that he uh, headed on target, but uh, the, the keeper leapt to uh, to tip over. Um, the, uh, the first half hour, apart from that, uh, Johnny, It seemed to pass by fairly quickly. It seemed like um, not an awful lot was happening. Japan were, were largely in control and trying to play uh, their, their neat triangles here and there, but not an awful lot happened. But uh, as I say, the, the time seemed to, to go by fairly quickly.
1: Yeah, there's, there's a bit of a farcical start to the game. I think several Bahrain players in the Japan half closing down before the kickoff had even been taken. And then I think Ritsu Doan was, was quite lucky to escape a yellow card, pulling someone back in the first minute. I think if that happened about 15 or 20 minutes later, I think he'd definitely have gone into the book. But it, it seemed like quite a kind of frantic opening to 10 minutes. It was a, a little end-to-end end with, with maybe both sides maybe, maybe lacking a bit in the composure stakes. Um, and uh, what was kind of interesting for me because I watched the second half and then watched the first half was how into it the crowd were in the first 10-15 minutes when Bahrain were having a bit more of a go versus mm. they were kind of stunned into silence the later you went on as, as Japan kind of had their, their snake-like grasp around uh, Bahrain's neck at times. Um, I, I did think after that kind of first 10 minutes you mentioned the they await a chance and then I think Japan had a bit of a let-off. It was uh, Yusuf had a, had a shot that's... Uh, Suzuki saved well with his feet, but that was that was offside anyway. But it's a bit of a warning. But I think after that, you could really feel Japan start to 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 wrestle control. And I think yeah, like you say, they were they were firmly on top, even if like clear cut chances were maybe at, at something of a premium. They, they seemed to have quite a lot of cor- corner kicks, and that that was their, their strongest weapon at, the, at, at that time. But yeah, I think moving on to the, the half hour mark, I think yeah, Japan firmly in control. I, I really liked how they were the, the pressing and closing down. I thought Endo, for for the most part, maybe there's a button in the second half he'll, he'll come in for some criticism, but for the most part I thought he was excellent. His closing down, his pressure, winning the ball back and distributing it to players with more more flair than him. I thought he really led by example. And yeah, Japan, yeah, no disrespect to Bahrain, that Japan looked at a class above and any of that kind of attacking enterprise I've seen from Bahrain, of course, they beat Jordan. They topped the group with South Korea in it. Um, they looked good at times against South Korea that they were attacking. But, yeah, they just weren't able to, to get really the glove in Japan for, for most of the game, which I think has to go down as, as credit to to Japan, as we mentioned in the last, um, the last group game against Indonesia. They've been far more sprightly in previous games than against Japan. So yeah, it's really just Japan having their the foot on the the throat of the opponents for for large chunks of the game. So I yeah, I, I think this was like not a lot happened, but in other ways, I think Japan asserted their dominance pretty well to to set up what was to to come later in the game.
0: Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. So just before the half hour, there was a uh, a chance for Bahrain, a a twenty five yard shot that was saved. Low down to his left by uh, Zion Suzuki, and you mentioned uh, the uh, the earlier chance that was um, yeah, Yusuf was offside, but uh, obviously uh, yeah, the linesman allowed him to go on before raising his flag after Suzuki had had made that save. So at that point, yeah, I guess you've got your fingers crossed that um, those couple of saves by Suzuki will uh, will have uh, done the world of good to his uh, confidence. And then uh, yeah, after that chance for Bahrain, just two minutes later. Japan took the lead when uh, uh, Seiya Maekuma, uh, who uh, bobbed up uh, right in the middle of the park, unleashed a, a 30-yard pile driver that uh, crashed into the goalkeeper's right-hand post. Wada was uh, offside to the uh, what well, the, the Japan left of the goal, and uh, Keito Nakamura was coming in for the rebound as well. But luckily for Japan, it went to the uh, the onside Ritsu uh, Ritsudowan, who I think already had his arms up in celebration because he thought that Kuma's shot was going in but luckily had uh, yeah the the, the good uh, the good touch to uh, yeah uh, get uh, get his foot on the ball and uh, though his touch initial touch was a little bit heavy he was still first to the second ball as well and then yes yeah, slid it past the goalkeeper for one uh, nil so uh, yeah out of nothing pretty much although as you say Japan had pretty much total control on the game Johnny but uh, yeah Mikeuma's uh, Kuma's uh, long- range effort. Uh, led to a Ritsu Doan goal, so we have both uh, both halves of Osaka combining there to put uh, Japan ahead.
1: Yeah, it was, it was really interesting because you, you mentioned it d- just before that the Bahrain had a chance. Like, I mean, essentially from that chance being saved by Suzuki to to um, Japan scoring, it, it was basically very patient Japanese build up, and you wonder what what are they doing. But then uh, again, I'm speaking with the, the kind of like hindsight. I was I knew the goal was coming at this point, so I was paying extra attention, but. Each pass seemed to force Bahrain further and further back, and you know those those two banks of defenders were just like getting closer and closer to their goal. So essentially, when the, the final pass goes from from Endo to to Maikuma, Maikuma is able to just stroll up from right back unchallenged, 25 yards out in the middle of Bahrain's goal, and there's no one on him. They've been pushed so far back, and they're just so worried about the the attacking threats Japan have that they've worked the ball to Maikuma. What a ferocious shot! It deserved to go in. I think that Doan's full of praise of, of goal. I think the the post is still shaking from, from the velocity behind that. An absolutely ferocious shot. And then, yeah, it was hard for Doan to control it off the post once he'd got the control. And once Nakamura and Ueda had fought back the, the urge to, to go and attack the ball, knowing they were offside, yeah, it, it was only a matter of time before it was going in. It, Japan not, not creating tons of chances, but I think a lot of that was down to the fact that Bahrain were so deep, uh, um, defending so so deeply. Um, so they couldn't really get too many chances off. They had to rely on block shots going for corners. but yeah, I think uh, on on the balance of play this was this is pretty well pretty well deserved for Japan and yeah, obviously I was delighted to see Doan get a goal. he, he loves a goal and I, I'm sure all Japanese supporters breathed a, breathed a sigh of relief they were able to get the goal He had made a couple of good saves and then they were starting to build up ahead of Steeman attack and yeah they, they got got the first goal just after the half hour. It's always always good. To, when you're on top to to get a goal, if you're going into half time nil nil, it's a different story maybe. But yeah, I think a, a bit of the nerves were were settled with that opening goal.
0: Yes, most definitely. But uh, yeah, the good vibes took a little bit of a hit three minutes later when uh, Reo Hatate went down and um, yeah, clearly grabbed for his uh, his right calf. So that's um, a, a potential worry uh, for Japan for the remainder of the tournament, and uh, and all Celtic fans will be uh, having their fingers crossed that uh, Raya will be back uh, sooner rather than later. But yeah, after the the trainers came on for a little bit of treatment, um, yeah, it was clear that Hatate wasn't going to be able to continue. So Hidemasa Morita came on and, um, well, yeah, uh, I mean, he's obviously an established international who's uh, well aware of what uh, Hajime Moriyasu wants from him. So he could basically uh, slot straight in to the uh, Hatate role, and um, well, Japan barely uh, barely skipped a beat after that, Johnny.
1: Yeah, I think think Morita had a, had a pretty good game overall. The sort of hour or so he, he played it, it. It's not good to lose Hatate, and it's it's not good to lose that option and his work rate. But to be able to bring someone back like like Morita, especially going ahead into the quarterfinals against some of the teams that might attack you more, I, I think you know. Is, is probably going to help essentially going forward. I think Monita would have probably come back in for the quarter final anyway. So, yeah, hopefully Hatati is, is fit like, in the, for the next game or the, the game after that. I'm not quite sure if he will be. The way he went down, it looked like it was a bit of a a bit of a knock he'd taken or a, a bit of a, you know, some sort of strain or something. I, again, I'm no, no doctor, but yeah, having having someone's experience as Morita to come in, I think was, was very good. That uh, There probably was a bit of a handover period. I think after that goal, there was a bit of a celebration and then Hatati kind of went down like not that long after it and it took a while to get him off. So I think that the momentum kind of dropped. I think maybe J- Japan like let, let their intensity down a little bit going into the break, but Again, there was no real response from from Bahrain. They'd always been choked into submission. They'd shown signs of like good creativity, good good uh, quick build up in, in previous games, but I didn't see any of that. They seemed to be relying on kind of long balls out from the back and low percentage uh, long passes. So even though Japan maybe weren't quite at their best in that kind of ten minutes into halftime, but Bahrain didn't really look like they were going to going to threaten. And yeah, I think we kind of. We kind of doddled into a one nil one nil half time lead for Japan.
0: Yeah, take your point. Yeah, about Bahrain and their uh, yeah their lack of ambition. But while it remained one nil, obviously yeah they uh, they would they would have um, oh, well they almost would have taken that at at uh, at kickoff, I reckon, because um, yeah obviously they would have been well aware of what Japan are capable of. So. Uh, and yeah, they would know it would only take one moment of uh, of inspiration for them uh, to get back into the game. And as we'll come on to later, well, they didn't need uh, <laughs> they didn't need much of their own inspiration to <laughs> to score a goal in this game. But uh, yeah, well, for Japan, it was uh, a a very in some ways fortunate start to the second half after Rako Itakura had headed a uh, Kubo free kick well wide at the near post when, um, yeah, if he had it, that over again, I'm sure Itakura would have tried to go back uh, across the keeper. But, uh, yeah, that was two minutes after the break. Then two minutes after that, it was 2-0 to Japan. And, uh, yeah, a fortuitous goal for, uh, for Takafusa Kubo. But it came after his uh, terrific uh, pressing, won the ball back 30 yards from goal, Kubo tried to slip the ball across the uh, the edge of the box to either Durwan or Wader, who uh, seemed to leave it for each other. Luckily for Japan, the ball eluded both. Neither of them were able to get a touch on it as Kubo continued in, uh, right into the six-yard box, basically, and it was well offside. But a uh, defender, kind of in a panicked fashion, kind of chopped the ball back. I'm not sure trying to play it back to his keeper or not, or just trying to clear the danger away from uh, from the two Japan players. But unfortunately for Bahrain, he passed it basically straight to Kubo, who took a touch and then fired in past the keeper on the turn. The lines. Flagged for offside as he wasn't sure whether either Doan or wader had touched it with the Kubo in an offside position, but replays showed uh, neither of them uh, had, and I'm not even sure why they bothered to send the referee over to the monitor, Johnny. It was it was clear as day that uh, no Japan player had got a touch, and uh, that yeah the goal should stand. But n- nevertheless, he was uh, summoned over to the monitor, and then uh, yeah delivered the inevitable bad news to Bahrain that it was. 2-0 to Japan. So yeah, in many respects, a lucky break uh, with the ball basically passed straight to Kubo, but his uh, his work rate, the goal was uh, came from Kubo winning the ball back in the first place.
1: Yeah, he, I think in some cases you make your own luck. I think Kubo was very good in this game, and, and never more so than the opening 10 minutes of the second half. But as we know in the, the game against Indonesia, Japan killed the game off early on in the second half with that that killer second goal and then it seemed like that was a message again go, go and kill off any kind of remaining hope Bahrain have as, as like you say if if it's one nil, all it takes is a, a deflection or an own goal or something and they're, they're back in it but yeah this, this is really good from from Japan Kubo obviously he took the free kick to set up the Itakura header and then like he, he won the ball back uh, I'm not quite sure what Weda and Doan were doing they'll just leave it to each other and yeah, Hazard Ali, I think that the left back that gets the touch. I'm not really sure. He he's expecting it. He just kind of. I think he just does it instinctively. Kicks the ball and then it goes to to Kubo, and <laughs> it's quite funny. He he's the one that's leading the charge to, to claim for offside. I, I think he was just desperate for them to rule it out offside, and maybe they'd find some infringement earlier on in the move, but no, no such luck. But yeah, yeah, really really good stuff from Kubo. Good intensity from him, and yeah, even I think a, a few minutes after that, he was involved in a good. Um, move with with Doan to set up a weather who was offside. So yeah, he was involved in everything Japan were doing going forward. And this is you know he's not he's not quite at his peak, peak age, but I'm sure Kubo, you know playing playing regularly for Sociedad in Spain, he would have seen this competition as a a chance to really stamp his mark as as one of the or if not the the top uh, Asian footballer at the moment. And you know coming up to the the, the nitty gritty, you know the quarterfinals, semi finals, finals. Japan are not there yet, but we hope they will be. I, I think you hopefully will see Kubo start to come to the fore ever more with, with goals and assists and chance creation. So fantastic stuff from him. He was a bit lucky, but yeah, you make your own luck, and, and he certainly did in that case.
0: Yes, most definitely. And, well, I think we can skip forward, Johnny, to uh, to just after the hour when, um yeah, three or four minutes of uh, madness, uh, well, threatened to turn this game on its head and uh, gave Bahrain hope where they previously had none whatsoever. Firstly, um, well, Japan thought they'd made it 3-0. They should have made it 3-0. If only ISA Waiter could have held his run uh, an extra step, they would have done because uh, we have Waiter was uh, offside at the uh, the start of this move when he uh, squared to Morita, who took a touch and then uh, swept the ball over to Keito Nakamura, whose first time shot was arrow-like into the bottom corner. And unfortunately for Japan, the, the flag correctly went up and uh, the, the the score remained 2-0. Then up the other end, uh, a, a dirty 10 seconds, 15 seconds or so for Zion Suzuki. First, a, uh, a poor punch. Uh, that lacked conviction, and then he flapped at a cross that uh, that sailed just over his head. And, uh, well, obviously worse was to come um, seconds after that. In the 64th minute from a a corner kick, a Bahraini player had, uh, well, pretty much a a free header from just inside the penalty spot. Suzuki did well, I thought, to initially parry it up in the air and then looked um, for all the world like he was going to make a a regulation catch only for uh, Wader, to uh, to try to clear, uh, jump into the air and uh, head the ball out of Suzuki's hands and into the net as they both uh tumbled over the line themselves. So once again, Johnny, it's um, it's it's just a calamity from Japan at the back and and as I say, um, Bahrain had next to no hope in this game before this incident, but then with the 25 minutes plus stoppage time to go, they suddenly had. Um, the, the wind at their sails they had um they had the uh, the opening that they'd uh, they'd longed for
1: yeah uh, this has always given me flashbacks of watching a scotland game where you, you can't have a comfortable two nil lead you've got to, got to give something away so the fans are, are sitting squirming in their chair i i really don't know what was what was going on here with japan I, I guess maybe like um you know in the indonesia game we said at the end with the goal they scored it was like the whole team just collectively shut off i, I think Japan went into to game management mode a, a bit too early. There was there was uh, carelessness in the midfield, giving the ball away a couple of times, giving Bahrain hope and possession you know, 30, 40 yards from goal. Um, Endo, I think he didn't cover himself in glory. And there wasn't an awful lot of communication, I think, at, at the back. Because yeah, the, the Suzuki punch, it, it comes from a slice clearance. So, I mean, it, it's almost like he thinks, like, he's, he's caught in two minds, like, it is a clearance, right? I'm not going to pull it up for a pass back or anything, but it it looks pretty obvious. It's clearly a mistake, so he can can catch it, and then he makes it worse by punching it and not getting it far away, and then, yeah, I don't know where his head is when that cross comes over. It's lucky it doesn't actually fly into the back of the net, and then you think, you know, I was about to write down in my notes where Suzuki made a couple of, had a couple of dicey moments in Japan, get away with it, but then Bahrain, to, to their credit, they recycled the ball all this time, and they didn't get too excited and flash a shot over from 25 yards or anything, they worked it down the left and I think Doan makes a, a decent block and it goes out for a corner and then, yeah, you, you can point to the, the Suzuki errors or Suzuki and Ueda communication, um, the first thing i point out, again, it's a, it's a free header for the uh, Bahrain centre-back, um, Maddy gets a, a free header in, mm. in a decent position, that, that's your first problem like you say, Suzuki gets a good hand on it because he, he's very close to the ball and he also palms it up in the air. So it's like he's learned from the Iraq game where he doesn't palm it straight out so it can hit someone's head. It can't hit anyone's head. And then, yeah, I, I, I wrote down Ueda slash Suzuki on goal because it's very difficult to pull apart, like, who said what to who, who should have been where. Yeah, it's embarrassment all round, red faces all round. And yeah, the, the worst thing is, you know, Barry's best chance in the whole game was in the 11th minute when it was offside. Other than that, they had nothing. And, you know, Wadi got a decent header, but the whole situation is created by Japan carelessness and mistakes. And the goal is scored by the goalie and the main striker getting in each other's way. You know, it it would be laughable if it wasn't in such a a serious situation. And, I mean, again, the the only positive I can say is that at least after this, I think Japan did buck their ideas up and realised that we were in a bit of a game here and it's all of our own making um but yeah absolute 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 crazy 90 seconds 2 minutes for for Japan what 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 did you make of it ben
0: oh yeah it was uh, it was dreadful wasn't it and i mean it's um depending how you yeah you slice up the blame uh, it's uh yeah, it wasn't Suzuki's best minute or so, was it? Those the the three incidents all combined. And I mean, yes, surely he's he's got to be screaming as soon as the ball's up in the air. He's got to be screaming keeper and he's got to um you know, clean out his own man. <laughs> he's he's okay if he makes the catch. I mean, uh yeah, he he has to command his six-yard box and catch that ball and Wader uh, also is obviously what well, a lot of people are saying is is 100% culpable. Uh, I, I don't see it that way, but yeah, he's got to um, he's got to be a little bit more aware of of where Suzuki is and the situation that uh, yeah Suzuki has recovered his feet and is able to to make this catch. So it's um, yeah, it's it's a dreadful situation, a dreadful goal to concede, and as we both said, it gave Bahrain a lifeline in the game i mean afterwards Moriyasu blamed the goal on a lack of communication and that was uh patently obvious and i mean yeah you mentioned endo getting dispossessed the the one time i remember uh when he was just dawdling across um just beyond the center circle right inside the mm-hmm. japan half but again he, where where is a shout from his uh yeah. from any of his teammates to tell him man on i mean I don't know what they say in Japanese, to be perfectly honest. But, yeah, there's got to be something they say to, to to warn a teammate that he's going to be put under pressure. And, I mean, Endo should sense it himself, you would think. But, um, yeah, he um, – at, at the end of the day, yeah, I think he's uh, – he struggled a little bit, especially in the second half, and this might be the perfect time, Johnny, to, to bring in um, what we what we received from Nick Walker today. I mean, we're going to come on to the fact that Waiter scored a terrific goal in Japan, have ultimately run out comfortable winners here. But I mean, it's um, I'm sure you yeah you've read it, and I'm sure you agree that uh, yeah Nick's uh, observations and points here are really tremendous. So basically, listen, so just bear with me for a minute or so. I'm going to read out um, Nick's. Uh, post slash question that he he sent to myself and Johnny today. And then I guess we'll discuss the major points that uh, that Nick has made. So uh, Nick begins during that 10 or so minute, uh, what the F stretch in the second half, it dawned on me that Suzuki's almost like a barometer on how sharp the team is at any given moment. When Endo started giving the ball away in terrible spots, I said Zion's going to have a brain fart soon. To myself, he's uh, generally looked bad when the team overall has been looking complacent, i.e. the start of the Vietnam game, the start of the Iraq game, end of the Indonesia game, and that stretch in this past game. Uh, When the team's been looking more at the races, he's been fine, I think. Uh, Sometimes, dare I say, even good, uh, especially with his uh, distribution. I don't necessarily want to ask about Suzuki, uh, to be honest, since it feels like we're just beating a dead horse at this point, but this did bring me back to the Asian Cup preview slash squad announcement pod, where Dan Olawitz pointed out the lack of leaders in the squad, and yeah, I'd say that looks pretty glaring so far, more so than I expected, even with Dan's warning. Is there anyone you think Moriyasu wishes he brought along, or maybe we uh, we can share who we wish Moriyasu had brought along to provide more of a leadership presence? Um, And uh, Nick finishes by saying uh, the only semi-recent national team player that he he doesn't think is officially retired from national team duty that uh, could come that he could come up with that struck him as a leader was a Nagatomo and he concludes with uh, he thinks he's just uh, thrown up in his mouth so uh, a lot to unpack there Johnny but yeah I sent this to you early enough in the day that, that I'm sure you're uh, you're well prepared to to touch on uh, Nick's major points there and once again Nick thanks for sending that in it's uh, it's absolutely tremendous so yeah which uh, which way do you want to attack it uh, Johnny
1: yeah th- thanks very much Nick first of all I think that that's really good really good analysis i I'm, I'm largely in agreement with with most of what what he says i i would say with the kind of yeah he's made a very good point about like Suzuki with the, the kind of barometer when Japan are, are a bit complacent i mean I, I would counter that with when Japan are not complacent or generally dominating games so Suzuki has nothing to do so it's not it's not that clear that like, what, what's well, where's the chicken and the egg? Like, what's causing the, the other thing? But yeah, I, I am largely kind of receptive to what what he's saying. I, I think when well, what I point out is, I think that was his eighth cap,
0: mm-hmm. so
1: he's 21 years old. He's a very talented young goalkeeper, but you know, at, at Urawa, he was largely back up to, to Nishikawa, and he, he's only really been a, a first choice regularly since since last summer. So, I mean, someone like him does need to be taught through games or kind of coached through games. He, he's been picked to pick, play for a national team, so he does have the ability, and the coach believes in him and the staff believe in him. But, you know, he, he has to rely on other people, too, to, to let him know, like, you can't just be born with all the all the tools, like, um, physically and mentally, to, to make it the highest level. Everyone goes through growing pains. You know, whether we should be going through those growing pains at the, the Asian Cup is, is another matter. I mean... He's almost been thrown in there with the Osako and, and Nakamura I- injuries. So, um, I mean, I, I think, you know, if we get to the kind of next point about, about leaders, you know, you, people like Gonda or Kawashima were, were, were goalkeepers in the past. And then Yoshida, Nagatomo, Osako, um, Hotaru Yamaguchi, these kind of players are a bit like vastly experienced players. I I don't think, I would say moriashi doesn't regret that any of them aren't, aren't there. I mentioned before Osaka and Nakamura who were injured. I'm sure he'd love to have me Mitoma fit and ready to start from the first game. He wouldn't have wanted Hatate to get injured, but I think that, you know, it's one of these things It might be painful at times, but, you know, you have to go through it. Everyone has to go through you know, moving, like moving out of home, like going up, getting a job, doing things for yourself, standing on your own two feet. Japan, for a long time, have had a kind of core of very experienced players with 90, 100 plus games, so, this is, a bit, this is a new squad, it's a young squad, mostly made up of young players, but it might be a bit painful now. It might end up with Moriasa getting a lot of criticism with Japan going out in the quarterfinals or semi-finals due to a young player making a mistake. But I, I think, you know, he obviously feels he's got enough in the bank with, with the JFA and with large parts of the, the Japanese public after those wins against Spain and Germany in the World Cup and that long run of results in 2023, long run of wins. I think, man, he doesn't feel invincible, I'm sure he doesn't feel that way, but I think he felt this is the time, like, he's been very conservative in the early part of his um, tenure as Japan coach, mm. and he clearly feels that the direction is now, we have a smattering of, of young players in the kind of late 20s and end of 30, but now we give these young guys a chance, we give Kato Nakamura, we give Zion Suzuki, Wasako, you know, Maikin is not that young, but he's quite inexperienced, you, you know, Hatate, Again, in Japanese terms, the guys are quite young, but they're not really that young globally. Doan's not that young, but he's got a lot of experience. Kubo, he's obviously seen that this is my core of players that can can be together for the next five, six, seven years, and then they'll become the, the Yoshidas and Nagatomos, Osakos of, of the future. So at this stage, he's, it, these players have gotten to the, the bare minimum he needs to be in the, the last eight. Go out in the last eight to, to Iran without their best player, then I think there'll be a lot a lot of criticism. Um But, yeah, I think he'll be able to ride out, even if Japan do go out in the next game, I think Moriyasu will will still come to be able able to ride out any criticism. So, you know, he might be a kind of magnet for for criticism in certain certain quarters. But I've no doubt that giving guys like Suzuki and, you know, Kato Nakamura, these young guys, a shot at the highest level in Asia, I think will bear fruit over the long term, even if it is maybe a bit painful in the short term. And yeah the, the communication issue we've touched on you know guys like endo Tomiyasu, itakura that's that's their their game they're big name players are playing in Europe they've been playing for the national team for a few years in all their cases so yeah if they need to communicate better and that's where it needs to start and it needs to then spread down to the, the younger players and I think I've maybe gone slightly off topic there but I think I got got to what I wanted to say and mm. again thanks again Nick for a, a wonderful kind of question do, do you have anything you wanted to to, to say in response to that Ben
0: yeah, well, uh, again, um, I think he's he's committed to the the generational change, and yeah, the fact that the yeah some of the more experienced players uh, at the last World Cup have been uh, eased aside since then is definitely uh, a, a part of uh, Moriyasu's plan, and I'm sure it, w- it will have been difficult for him initially to. Uh, to to come to that conclusion that he's going to have to end the the national team careers of some of these uh, experienced players that have been such good servants for uh, for the Samurai Blue over so many years, but as I say, yeah, he's uh, he's committed to it. He's made his bed, if you like, and he's um, he's he's had to put his faith in in this group of players uh, when it comes to Suzuki, especially. Well, yeah, I mean, he he has certainly looked good at, at times. Uh, Nick, I I don't disagree with you there and yeah your point about his distribution is, is good that's definitely a strong element to his game and in terms of actually stopping shots Johnny I don't think he's um he really blotted his copybook at all has he it's just been uh just decision making or handling errors that have uh, that uh, that have cost him and in this case a lack of communication. Uh, a simple shout to Isa Waiter might have been enough to to prevent this goal but the overall point about Suzuki being um well uh, i guess well found out is the wrong expression but yeah he, him having his bad moments while japan are also um yeah maybe off off the boil is uh, is a good one i think and yeah it's just the, the i think i I'll, yeah sound like i'm repeating myself but um, yeah, I don't expect a, a change from Moriyasu in goal, and uh, but at the same time, yeah, it, that could be the the, uh, the difference between Japan going through against Iran, or it could be the difference between losing in the semi-finals and making it through to the final. Because if you you can't rely on your keeper not to drop a clanger, just one clanger in 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 a game, then that could be uh, that could make all the difference, especially at the uh, the tail end uh, of a tournament like this. So. Um. Yeah, tremendous stuff, Nick, and definitely got uh got our thinking caps on. So once again, thanks for your uh, contribution. So yeah, Japan. Well, they uh they were they were rocked a little after the goal, Johnny. They uh, as you said early on, the atmosphere in the, inside the stadium was terrific. It uh, it went back up to uh, eleven after uh, after Bahrain's goal. Uh, but um, yeah, after Kubo and uh, Nakamura went off. And uh, Minamino and Mitoma came on. Of course, Kaoru Mitoma making his first appearance of the tournament. Uh, they both came on in the 67th minute, uh, five minutes after that. So uh, eight, just eight minutes after Bahrain had uh, got their lifeline, uh, way put the game to bed basically by making it 3-1. He was fed by Sayamai Kuma and then a lovely touch and burst with the three defenders around him. He surged between two of them. Uh, one tried to pull him back by his shirt, but uh, Waiter surged into the box and then blasted through the keeper's legs, 4-3-1, and he'd had a, uh, a pretty rough go of it up until that point, Johnny. A, a few offsides that were unnecessary and um, his overall play i thought yeah lacked conviction and uh, he wasn't really able to link up all that well but uh, this was this was him in a nutshell i guess yeah he's a perfect example of what he's capable of
1: yeah i think zion suzuki might have been casting jealous eyes as he he never had any chance to make up for his, his earlier blunder whereas ueda more, more than certainly did make up for i think some places credited him with the, the own goal and then yeah as you say eight minutes later he he effectively seals the game at uh, the other end, I think Haza Ali, who who set up Kubo for the second, he was one of the defenders like blitzed by by Ueda. The captain Waleed Al Hayam was it was the other one. And uh, if you're the Bahrain coach, you'd say it's far far too easy for him to get turned and get away. It was just turn and go, and then he was gone. They couldn't catch up with him, and yeah, pretty confident finished through the legs of of Lutfalla. And yeah, I was happy for him because he he yeah he does have to share his take his fair share of the blame for the own goal, as we said, but. Yeah, to, to get to get another goal is, is vital for Japan. He's got he's got four goals in the competition. He's got that sort of that's kinda of, you know, something to go for to be top scorer in the competition. He's not he's not top at the moment, but you know, Iraq are out and the uh, Ayed Hussein's got six goals, he's he doesn't have any more chances. So Ueda has, has some chances to get some more goals and yeah, like you say, this was not this was not his best um his best game in a Japan shirt overall, but yeah, to to get a goal, that's what you want your centre forward to do he's got the goal, he's got the crucial goal, but he's killed it off, and then, yeah, to, to mention the atmosphere again, it was a bit like letting the air out of a balloon, I think, after that, and yeah, the, the remaining, kind of, 18 minutes plus, you know, 10, 10 minutes of additional time, I, I know there's been, to, to go off on a bit of a tangent, if, if, if all, I think all this additional time, 10, 15 minutes, was causing people to waste time less, or take, do, do substitutions quicker, I could kind of get behind it, but, yeah, 10 minutes at the end of a game, I mean, I think a lot of people are wait, waiting to go home, but it did give Karu Mitoma an extra 10 minutes to, to terrorise Bahrain, which I think you've been going to tell us about.
0: Well, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. I wrote in my notes he got 25 minutes, but actually, well, the, the stoppage time ended up being about 13 and a half minutes, Johnny. So, he basically, he got over 35 minutes <laughs> over thirty five minutes into his legs, Mitoma, and, um, yeah, it looked like he... Hadn't uh, missed a beat at all. Um, he uh, he played his part in um, well a not so impressive cameo for uh, Takuma Asano with uh, yeah uh, Koki Machida and Asano coming on uh, with uh, Doan and Wader going off with uh, about ten minutes of the ninety to play and then well yeah it was a bit of a horror show for uh, for Asano Johnny um, while the Mitoma was impressive Asano most definitely was not.
1: Yeah, was it the I think the 85th minute? Mitoma dribbled past the entire Bahrain defence, knocked the ball into the middle to Asano, who seemed to to end the ball, then just fall over. And I think, I think everyone in the stadium and everyone watching at home was thinking, well, I might not be able to beat the goalkeeper, but I could at least have got a shot off from that. And it, it just felt like such a waste after. Yeah, Mitoma just went past the Bahrain defence like they, they weren't there. It was just put on a plate for Asano. And he can't can't take that. And I, I maintain that. Mitoma would have got a goal and an assist if, if they brought on Hosaya for Rueda instead of instead of Osano, because you know, he, he butchered that, he butchered a one-on-one, and then I think he was the counter-attack, he had Minamino to the right and Mitoma to the left, and for some reason, known only to him, he passed to uh, to Minamino on the right. I think the, the only logical conclusion I can come to is he was drunk before he came on the field. Nothing else <laughs> makes sense as to how he... How he, how he could play so badly and I mean it, it's, it's mostly positives today from this game. Japan were, we're well on top, but you know Hosoya hasn't played since the um since the opening game, and you know Maeda has been used on on the wing and he hasn't played an awful lot. So you know in a game like against Iran, if if Ueda's not getting it done, or you want someone to come on for 20 minutes or even extra time, you know Asano coming in, in unless he's just kind of throwing Iran off the scent that he's he's absolutely horrible and he can come back with like some sort of dream finish like he did against Germany he, he might be onto something but it is a slight concern for me if if the weather were to pick up an injury or you know it wasn't happening it, is he the option and it, will Hosoya be ready to go if he was just thrown in against a, a top side like he ran but yeah I guess the, the game was kind of grinding to a halt um I think but Barry even 3-1 down it's like they they made a couple of changes they, they, they started to go a bit long but you could see like they're they could see it themselves; it was a bit futile. Like every extra player we throw forward, it's just giving extra space for me, or the others to, to charge through. And yeah, I, I don't know how Japan didn't make it like four or five one. Only Asana will will know that. But yeah, it's a very, very disappointing end from from Bahrain. They, they they look decent at times in the group stage, but I think. The final kind of 20 minutes of this game, they rather looked out of their depth in there with Japan, with, with no disrespect to them. But mm. yeah, at least game, um, yeah, Asano gave everyone something to talk about, didn't he? So yeah, he, he did his job in some way.
0: Yeah, well, if Asano gets another chance in the remainder of the tournament, I hope he remembers to put his boots on the correct feet uh, next time. Because, um, yeah, I think he might have got them muddled up uh or something like that uh, but yeah it was um certainly not his finest hour or his finest uh, 15 minutes uh Takuma Asano uh so yeah the uh, as you say Johnny Japan did spurn a couple of opportunities to add to the scoreline but ultimately 3-1 it finished and um yeah ultimately a, a comfortable Uh, enough victory although yes uh, once again they did make it interesting there uh, just past the hour so a slight worry also at the end when uh, Ko Itakura went down in stoppage time and was definitely hobbling around um, during the uh, the post-match handshakes Uh, looked like he was uh, touching his shin, so hopefully he's only uh, maybe bruised something there and uh, not, nothing se- too serious that would uh, possibly put his availability for the Iran game in into question, but uh, we'll wait and see. Obviously, Korky Machida uh, would be um, yeah, an able deputy if he was uh, uh, ha- having to fill in, especially with the, the turnaround so close in between these two games, but uh, yeah, Japan will almost certainly be without Rio Hatate due to his uh, calf injury, and as we've already established at the start of the episode, Junior Ito is now out of the picture. So, just as we wrap up this game, Johnny, was there any uh, uh, player or players in particular that you wanted to single single out for their uh, excellent performances? I mean, we mentioned uh, Kuma and the role he played in the the first goal with that thunderbolt, and then yeah, he he supplied the assist for Wader putting the game to bed but uh, yeah for me throughout uh, both defensively and um, yeah, advancing the ball up the pitch for Japan he was absolutely superb and um, yeah Takehiro Tomiyasu was uh, very very good obviously as he is wont to be at uh, centre back the uh, yeah, the big number 9 for Bahrain Yusuf uh, apart from that offside chance didn't really get much of a sniff at all and uh, that was largely due to the uh, commanding presence of, uh, of Tomiyasu so just yeah, uh, a couple of the defenders I wanted to give a, a shout out to is there uh, you want to echo any of that or anybody else you wanted to mention
1: yeah I would echo both of those and maybe only with with my kuma he got himself booked in the second half so just be careful he doesn't pick up another booking against the iran as that would mean him missing any kind of if japan made it to the semi-final that would mean him missing out so hopefully he's quite he treads carefully there You've covered the defence pretty well, so I guess I'd cover the more more attacking areas. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, Kubo, I think, yeah, he, he's, he's tightly watched, he's tightly marked, but I, I really like him in this kind of role. It gives him a bit more freedom to, to come back. And, you know, as we said in the last game, he was the, the furthest forward player on the average position, so he, he gets around the field. It's one of these things, you sometimes feel like he hasn't done something for a while, but then I look back in my notes and everything good Japan did, uh, a lot of it while well, he was in the field fe- featured him. So I'd definitely pick him out. And then, you know, again, another player I've just mentioned, uh, Kaurumi Toma. You know, I, I think other than getting a goal or an assist, uh, I, I think it went as well as it could have. I we maybe he had a couple of times he, he he tried to go out alone where he could have had a cut back to, to teammates. But, you know, the longer he was on the field, the, the more the more space he got, the better he got, the more confident he got. You know, he, he had the, the Bahrain defenders in the string. And then once he'd gone by them a couple of times, they were just, like, terrified. Like, oh, it's like... We played 85, 90 minutes, and we have got this coming at us again. It's just uh, your, your worst nightmare as a as a defender or a midfielder. So, yeah, you know, like we we joked about, you got an extra 30 minutes that you might not have bargained for. So, I mean, I I, I don't see him coming on at half time. I, I don't see him starting. But I, I think you know, if if it's not going well for Japan in the the, the quarterfinal against Iran, maybe around the hour mark or even 10 minutes or so into this, the second half. You might see him come on for for Kato and Nakamura, so that 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 you know Ito leaving is is a blow. Although even though he hasn't been at his best in this tournament, but the return of Mitoma, I think is a is a massive fill up for Japan and also the form of Kubo that they are two players that Japan will really need if they're to to get past um get past Iran and then get past the semi final and then go on and, and win the final.
0: Yeah, most heavenly. So Japan into the quarterfinals of the Asian Cup for the ninth straight time as they uh, continue their search for a record fifth title. So, yes, as we said, there's a quick turnaround. It's Wednesday night. Was uh, obviously speaking in Japan time here, listeners. Uh, Wednesday night was the uh, Bahrain game, and the uh, the quarterfinal against Iran is on Saturday night. Again, a conveniently scheduled for us in Japan. It's an eight thirty p.m. kickoff. So, uh, do you think the the quick turnaround will uh, pay, play a factor at all in the eleven that? Um, uh, Moriasu puts out uh, presuming that Itakura will be fit obviously though, I wouldn't expect a change at centre-back Johnny but yeah as we, as we said it's very unlikely that Hatate will make it so uh, I don't think there'll be any argument from you that uh, Morita will come uh, in to start uh, as he replaced Hatate in this game but uh, again is there um, slight uh, rotation wor- uh, worry is not the right word, but could there be rotation at, at uh, fullback? Do you think, or um, yeah, how strong will the temptation be for for Moriyasu to start Mitoma? Or uh, obviously Nakamura was uh, impressive enough in this game uh, to 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 keep his spot, provided he's um, yeah recovered well enough from the Bahrain game, I suppose.
1: Yeah, to to sound a bit boring, I would say. I would be surprised if it was anything other than you know the, the well the t- ten of the players who started um, the, the the Bahrain game plus uh, Morita in for for the injured Hatate. I, I think that's what he'll go with. It, it's quite interesting because Japan basically had a, had an entire week off before this game, which for me is almost unheard of in a, a major competition. Um, and then so then they'd have to play t- to win the competition. It's at like Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, I think. So. You might have to make slight alterations going forward, but I mean, you also kind of have the issue of like, if you don't win the quarterfinal, there's no semi final, there's no final, so you essentially need to go for your best eleven or, or as close to your best eleven as you, you can get with you know, kind of maybe such slight fixes like Mitoma's not ready to go ninety minutes, to so have him coming on in the second half. So, yeah, I think you know Iran are a big, big, heavy, heavy hitter with or without Taremi. So. I think you're going to have to, to go with, with the strongest players who, who can go the full 90. And, yeah, the back is, is a worry with um, Ithakura because I know Taremi's out, but there's a Sardar Azmoun, the, the, the Roma striker. He, he of uh, Harry Maguire similarities in the, the facial department. He, he's the, the main threat in attack, and he's obviously a big physical guy, a big, tall guy. So you need your best defenders to deal with him. I, I think if Machida came in, I think he would be ideal for, for dealing with that threat. But... Ideally, you yeah, Itakura's fit, and you have him in, in Tomiyasu. And then, yeah, the, the full-backs, because I think that's, from what I can see, that's Iran's other main threat, is the, Ayase Ueda's final team teammate, is Ali Reza jahambach if I've got that right, I've probably mm. butchered it, but he used to play for for Brighton. He's a bit of a threat, so, yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, I, I like the, the combination we've got. We've got Maikuma Nakayama, Itakura and Tomiyasu, so... We started to lose Moriyasu's um, train of thought a little bit as we entered the knockout rounds. But if I was to try and read his mind, I think he'll keep it quite simple and it would just be Morita for Hatate. Would Would you any other changes you'd suggest?
0: No, I think I think you're right. I think yeah, he he might um, be tempted to uh, to to meddle a little bit and to mix things up a little bit. But yeah, I think this deep into the the tournament now, he's uh, hopefully he's he's settled on his, his best team and and he will. Uh, uh, be sticking to it uh, for uh, as long as Japan remain in the competition. Uh, this uh, this matchup is uh, a, a rematch of the, uh, the semi-final in the, the 2019 uh, Asian Cup. Uh, five years ago in the UAE, uh, Japan won uh, 3-0 over Iran with uh, Yuya Osako netting a brace and uh, Genki Haraguchi scoring, uh, well, the icing on the cake in the second half stoppage time uh, from that squad Johnny there are um, uh, three players for uh, Japan who started that game, who I would expect to start on Saturday night, Wataru Endo uh, Tomiyasu and uh, Dawan. While uh, Minamino also started uh, that game and uh, a certain Junior Ito came off the bench. While uh, Iran, I, I, uh, yeah, I think they have not made the, the sort of generational change that uh, Japan has. They uh, they had uh, five players that started that game that also started against uh, Syria, and I think three or four others uh, in their squad that day are still involved in the uh, the national team setup at this Asian Cup. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, this, these uh, two nations do have a, a long history of playing each other, dating all the way back. to uh, to 1951, but uh, I won't bore you with all of the details, listeners, but I will let you know that this is a rubber match because uh, the the all-time history reads Japan wins six, Iran wins six, and there have been six draws. So they're meeting for the 19th time all-time, and, uh, yes, one of them will come out on top and make it through to the Asian Cup semi finals. We certainly hope that will be Japan, but, uh, yes, we'll wait and see, and uh, we'll... uh, We'll be back with our review episode after uh, after the game, and, um, yes, then we'll get on with uh, recording our next set of teams in our G1 season preview. So, uh, yeah, I think we'll leave this one there, Johnny. As as you said yourself throughout the episode, mostly positive for Japan. There's still, um, yeah, plenty for uh, Moriyasu to iron out, uh, but, uh, yeah, hopefully Japan are just uh, – yeah riding um a little bit of momentum and starting to peak at the right time and yeah they'll they'll really start clicking into gear against uh, iran so yeah looking forward to chatting about that game with you uh once it's played
1: yes yeah, so it's, it's saturday night that that works for, for me to watch the game at eight thirty start it'll be, it'll be prime time in japan so ho- hopefully that japan do do the business and yeah we, we've been we've been very busy the, the last couple of weeks obviously uh, talking about J league and not uh, the asian cup but it's been been thoroughly enjoyable I do, I think I've just about recovered from our, our Madison session with with Alan and, on uh, on Monday, and then yeah, it was, it was great to see some some positive feedback about the the 500th episode we we put out, and you know this is this is episode 501, and, and yeah, just like Brian Lara and his his famous innings, Japan are not out, and ho- hopefully that continues uh, going forward. And we've got a few more Asian Cup podcasts to do, so yeah, I'll speak to you again very soon, Ben.
0: Very nice, good stuff, Johnny. All right, thank you very much, mate. Yes, yeah, so we'll leave it there. That's it for this episode of the J Talk podcast. Uh, thanks once again to Nick for his uh, excellent contribution to our discussion, and uh, yeah, thanks to our patrons for their ongoing support on Patreon, and thanks to you listeners for listening wherever you are. We'll be back after Japan play Iran. Speak to you then. Bye for now.
1: The J Talk podcast. Yes, 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 yes.